welcome to Inkcast, Inkhouse's new podcast that delves into the trending issues shaping the world of public relations. Welcome to another episode of Inkcast. I'm your host, Samantha McGarry, and today we're going to be talking about the topic of measurement. I'm here with my colleague, uh, fellow data nerd, Kate Backman, to talk about data and measurement and why we've really reached a place where we need to rethink the way that uh, we deal with measurement in PR. I know back when I used to work um, in PR several decades ago, the uh, the measure of a successful PR program was the thump of the clip book. And that really sort of signified that you'd done your job and that was it. And, uh, you know, PR has always used to be this sort of world of gut and instinct where you kind of had a feel for whether something was working or, or wasn't, but you didn't have any true means of measuring it. And obviously a lot has changed in the past uh decade even now we live in a more digital world and it's easier to connect the dots but the world is changing and maybe we've reached a point that measurement needs to change as well so I wanted to throw that over to you why don't you talk a bit about you know how you've traditionally approached measurement and what you think uh, is changing and you know how we'll take it from there sure thanks Sam Um, so I mean, I've been doing this for about 10 years, and when I first started PR, as you mentioned, Sam, it was all about the clipbook, and we all, some of us remember cutting and pasting articles. Yes, and I do. <laughs> physically mailing them out. Um, and a lot of the measurement was really just driven by what a client contact needed to feel good about their investment in a PR firm. And it was not informed by a lot of business metrics. It was just kind of like fluffy, what's going to make me look good? What can I frame in mm-hmm. the, on the wall? Like I... Even in the past couple of years, we used to do things like framing up articles right. to, to hang in offices um, for ego plays. Um, that's really changed because PR professionals and marketing professionals across the board are being held more accountable to have an actual business impact. Um, right. So if, if the CFO sees a line item for a monthly retainer, he's going to want to know why we're spending that money and what value um, that firm is bringing to the business. Which makes our jobs a little bit more complicated because PR professionals for a while lived in this era of, we don't know how to measure because it's intangible. We're making people right. feel good. And while, yes, we still do that, um, we, you know, we need to be a little bit more numbers focused. So some of the technologies that have come out over the past couple of years that allow us to assign like readership numbers or, you know, metrics to earned media ha- have helped. So people went from just the clipbooks to the dreaded ad value equivalency, which is not real, stop using it, um, to media impressions, which is like readership. It helps you assign a little bit better of a reach. So you could at least say, okay, here's the audience we're targeting, which right. got a little closer to something that was valuable. And now we have even deeper metrics with the integration of social media and paid content and just everything being digital because you can track everything online. So can you talk to me a little bit about um, kind of what I saw as phase one of this is how do you connect uh, media coverage to something like Google Analytics to see mm-hmm. an outcome. Yeah, so there's a lot of ways to use Google Analytics um, when it comes to PR measurement. You can look at referral sources. So where is your traffic coming from? Mm-hmm. And is it coming from a place that is related to a public relations effort? So is it coming from an ebook that a PR firm developed? Is it coming from the New York Times website? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, actually oftentimes, PR or earned media articles don't have a backlink. So you can use analytics to see if there is a correlated traffic spike around PR efforts. Um, Again, that's not super scientific, but it's better than winging it. Yeah, and it's it's gotten us one step closer to being able to at least see the sort of cause and effect. Right. 
uh, of media yeah. coverage and, and sort of audience penetration. Exactly. And the next step towards that is using trackable URLs, which uh-huh. is easier to do if you're having um, a socially integrated campaign or a paid content element to your PR program because you can assign, you can tag a URL and then track track it throughout the process okay. um, and then directly relate it back to your Google Analytics. And then in Analytics, you could track um, not only the entry point of where someone came from, but did they actually go through a conversion on your site? Okay. And that gets at the next level of tracking PR efforts through a sales funnel, um, which we're still not quite there yet. Um, but I think we're getting closer with the different technologies that are available now to PR firms. So that's kind of where I was going to take this next. It's like all too often uh, measurement is the end of the program. We go, we go into um, you know, a marketing um, campaign with a goal in mind. We sort of figure um, that we can measure it this way or that way. We assign some goals, and then at the end of the day, we measure, and it kind of stops there. Mm-hmm. You and I were talking about this earlier. It's like maybe measurement needs to be the beginning of any kind of strategic planning process. Oh, absolutely. Um, I am a huge proponent of setting a baseline, mm-hmm. which requires some upfront measurement, because um, how do you know where you're going to go if you don't know where you are right, right. now? Um, so taking a baseline measurement and then assigning goals based on that data, I think is the best way to go. A lot of times, or at least traditionally, PR firms set a goal that that's kind of arbitrary or basically just based off gut instinct, mm-hmm. which is fine. But when you have a baseline, let's say, say a company, they typically get 100 clips a month and they get this many impressions and they only have uh, 5% of their hits driving traffic to their website. Mm -hmm. Those by themselves don't really mean a lot, but at least it gives you a starting point to to dig deeper. Um, And if you're thinking about measurement and a baseline at the beginning of a plan, it kind of naturally boosts your curiosity into why things are happening the way they are, what is actually driving the things that matter to the business, Mm -hmm. and then you can track them going forward. You can also set up the campaign to measure effectively. A lot of the problems with measuring after the fact is that you have set up a campaign that actually can't be measured. So if you develop a campaign that is, say in the advertising world, all billboards, mm-hmm. and you think that you're going to measure website conversions, that is not happening if you right. have all billboards. So if you didn't take the time at the beginning of your campaign to figure out how you were actually going to see if that was successful or how right. you were going to measure, then it's just going to make your life harder and you're going to default to one of the less value metrics like clips or impressions, stuff right. that are easily tracked. So how do we um, how do we move measurements so that it's closer to um, a business's objectives? I think it just it's changing the mindset of, of measurement as not a tactic, but part of the strategic function of PR. So when we're thinking about business objectives and campaign planning, you know, remind, reminding ourselves and putting processes in place mm-hmm. to measure upfront. Mm-hmm. And it's like how we think about business objectives when we plan campaigns, mm-hmm. but thinking in terms of like measurement objectives as well. Because all too often the default is volume, mm-hmm. whereas um, that may or may not be the right metric, mm-hmm. and it may be a quality of a quantity scenario, or it could even be audience penetration 
I, I just I'm trying to reframe some of the metrics that we use right. to make it more meaningful in terms of you know getting the right message to the right person through the right vehicle. Right. I think part of that comes to with the questions that we ask clients or we ask ourselves when we are planning. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times we ask, you know, what does success look like for a client, and they say more leads at the top of the funnel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, why? Mm-hmm. So are they having trouble attracting the right audience, the right buyers? Are they you know, is their percentage of drop off through the funnel just so high that they need a huge volume? You know, digging into right. what the business objective is will naturally give you the, the metrics right. you need. So I think it's just reframing the questions or, or digging more with a client or with whoever is planning your PR mm-hmm. um, to, to figure out, you know, what is the business objective and how are you, is, that, is that person being measured on it? Do you think uh, as an industry we're, we're there yet? No. <laughs> Short answer. What no, needs to I change? Think, I think, again, it's a, it's a comfort level with numbers. I think it needs to change. Typically, PR attracts very creative thinkers and, and creative writers, people who, you know, would protest if they had to take calculus <laughs> or statistics. Um, I think that is changing. I think the PR is attracting more of the data-minded people or people who are at least more comfortable mm-hmm. with numbers because um, it's actually not as hard, I think, as people mm-hmm. psych themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's we also have to, as strategic partners, be better versed in how businesses measure their success right. and how the C level talks about their success as a company. Because uh-huh. um, no CEO is going to be like, well, we had five billion impressions this month. You know? right. <laughs> no board of directors, no investor is going to care about right. that. So PR people need to educate themselves in the metrics that matter to businesses and then how to tie those to the things we can actually measure as PR and marketing professionals. Excellent. Well, I think we're out of time now, but thanks, Kay. That was really informative. And uh, I, for one, am more than happy that my days of cutting and pasting clipbooks are well behind us. Oh, aren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) So there's never a dull moment in social media. So I've invited Incas's social media digital strategist, Sarah Midas, in to walk us through some of the recent happenings on social and what they mean for us in PR. Hi, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. So tell us what's been going on. What's caught your eye? Sure. So lately, there's been a lot of updates from different social media networks, as always. And Facebook has definitely come out with a few updates lately that have been really interesting to me. So they are really focusing on fake news and trying to figure out how they can help combat that as a problem overall, which is really relevant to us in the PR world. Absolutely. So recently, they have removed tens of thousands of different fake accounts in recent months, which certainly affects us in multiple ways. One, they're just getting different um, levels of engagement on posts. Um, when you remove that many uh, fake, Facebook, fake Facebook accounts, that mm. definitely makes a difference. But really is trying to figure out how to address fake news on an overall issue. So besides sort of removing those accounts that they've deemed as fake, also looking um, to add in um, a level of people being able to mark things as fake themselves, which is really interesting. They're trying to make sure that us as as users are able to sort of spot fake news, mark it off in the social network, and so that alert happens to other people as they see it in their and feed. And so that means then that you know quality content gets more visibility and engagement because it's basically distilling out the stuff that you know is is fake or you know suspicious. Definitely. And I think even more than that there there's a marker identifiable beneath it that says some people have reported this as fake. So it really mm-hmm. gives more power to the people who see it um, and able to sort of go from there. Another thing that was interesting in the recent UK election, um, 
Facebook actually took an ad out in some of the local newspapers in the UK just to help, again, people to figure out how to spot fake news. So they Mm. talked a little bit more about what they should be looking out for. It was really interesting, I thought, for Facebook to go to the length of, of putting that in a newspaper. Interesting. Um, on Snapchat's front, they're always putting out a lot of different new features. Um, so recently they, um, changed one thing, which many people might find confusing at first, but the, you can now have unlimited snap viewing time, which to many people seems totally counterintuitive to what they were saying, but it's actually just until you close that particular snap is sort of the thing to know there is that if you, if I send a Snapchat to you, mm-hmm. you open it, um, instead of only being able to review it once, which is the normal right now, right. until you closed it, you could review it as many times as you wanted. So you have more, more time to, to, you know, to digest what's right. in the snap. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But still, if you close it out, it goes away forever and, right. and no one can see it there. They also have added, um, snap loops, which is very similar to boomerang feature in Instagram. You're oh, going to okay. find that a lot of these sort of continue back and forth between the Instagram right. and Snapchat battle. Um, the one that's really interesting to me is that they've added what they call the magic eraser. So you can, um, it's very similar to Photoshop's content aware fill, where in a snap, if you take a photo and want to sort of edit out something in the background that you don't want to be there anymore, you just hover this magic eraser over it and it, um, content awares fills it in for you. So it almost blurs the little piece of background that you wanted to take out. So interesting. Also, just like so fascinating that they're able to do this sort of photo editing on such a a real basis, which is so, so interesting to me. Um, Lastly, on the Snapchat front, they are moving to self-serve ad management soon. So again, giving more people um, the ability to participate on Snapchat ads definitely opens it up to a lot of people. From what I can hear so far, this will be coming out in June sometime to to everyone, and there won't be any minimum on ad spend, which is a huge difference compared to what Snapchat was doing so far. Oh, fascinating. Wow. Okay. Well, that's an awful lot going on, and Snap definitely seems to be, I want to say the innovator, but at the same time, playing catch up. For sure. It's definitely something we need to keep our eyes on and uh, figuring out how to you know, weave those into our, uh, our work for our clients. Um, other thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, any cool hashtags you've seen going on recently and also any uh, social media holidays coming up that we need to be aware of. Definitely. Um, so I think really coming up, there's a lot during the summer months of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really a lot every day, I guess I'll say. There's mm-hmm. always a social media hashtag holiday, it seems to be. Um, but coming up will really be sort of dads and grads, sort of that May, June time frame, a lot oh, of stuff yeah. coming up that way. One thing I'll say about using hashtags and sort of figuring out if they're a good fit sort of these these trending ones that happen day to day is really figuring out if they make a fit for your brand really instead of trying to shoehorn some piece of content that you have figuring out a way that it feels really honest and part of your brand instead you know just participating in a hashtag to participate right. it might not come off as a genuine so really think about what and that turns people off right definitely um so really think about what that is exactly for you if it makes sense or if it just makes sense to sort of let that that trend pass by and because figure out there'll a different be another one. hashtag exactly any day now. exactly there'll be another one that can you can participate in that feels really true to you and Mm -hmm. I would just say to really think about sort of what could go wrong or what um, could happen on the other side in sort of a crisis really making sure that it feels genuine to you got it well excellent insight and advice thank you Sarah thanks for joining us today of course and that was Incast with Samantha McGarry thanks for listening